first year was about 70,000. Okay, yep. And probably in the hundreds last year. And right now, because we've done a major shift toward helping organizations with the workplace strategy, both the work from home and new office environments, uh, we see that going up to probably a run rate of close to a million by the second half of this year. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka. Now, if you're hearing this, it means you're not currently on our subscriber feed. To subscribe, go to getlatka.com. When you subscribe, you won't hear ads like this one. You'll get the full interviews. Right now, you're only hearing partial interviews. And you'll get interviews three weeks earlier from founders, thinkers, and people I find interesting. Like Eric Wan, 18 months before he took Zoom public. We got to grow faster, minimum is 100% over the past several years. Or bootstrap founders like Vivek of Question Pro. When I started the company, it was not cool to raise. Or Looker CEO Frank Bean before Google acquired his company for $2.6 billion. We want to see a real pervasive data culture, and then the rest flows behind that. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. There, you'll find a private RSS feed that you can add to your favorite podcast listening tool, along with other subscriber-only content. Now look, I never want money to be the reason you can't listen to episodes. On the checkout page, you'll see an option to request free access. I grant 100% of those requests, no questions asked. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Peter Smith. He spent half of his life on the other side of the Atlantic and lived in seven countries and also speaks four languages. He was raised in the age of matrix management, running programs, initiatives, projects, and businesses globally. He's been a long proponent of collaboration and tools which enable it. He's today the CEO and founder of Collabogens, a Toronto-based firm which uses data to measure the changes in effectiveness and productivity of people and spaces. Peter, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, absolutely. So just to be clear, is this sort of a consulting company or is there real software powering what you do? It's a SaaS business. Oh, at a, in an earlier phase of my life, I spent doing consulting work and this is now a pure play analytics company. So it's a tool which either companies use directly or consulting companies such as facilities management or HR strategy consulting or workplace strategy consulting companies would use to implement and do larger projects with their clients. And what do you sell it for? What do they pay you per month on average to use the tech? So this is something that depends on the number of data sets that or applications that data is pulled from and the number of people that are used, but it typically ranges in anywhere in between two to five dollars per month per person. So it's a typical SaaS uh, application that in the longer term, the value for the client comes out of the dashboards and the insights that they can derive from that. Mm-hmm. Now, are people usually buying this directly or is it usually a company logo signing up for 100 seats or something like that? No. So this is we're still in an early stage. So we're looking at largely or larger organizations from this perspective. Um, so we're looking for projects with 1,000 to 2,000 or more people. But we're talking to major banks, um, pharmaceutical companies that are all looking at 50,000 plus per year. So in the first phase, we'd be looking at Typically, a large building, which would have uh, anywhere between two to 5,000 people. Mm-hmm. And when did you launch the company? What year? So the year, the company was launched about five years ago as a name. Um, we went down a road first in terms of, since we it was focused around measuring collaborative performance, 
we were looking at the HR space and the frustration back then was they weren't comfortable with data. They weren't comfortable with de-identifying. They weren't, didn't have the authority or the power to actually implement what needed to be done. So we then switched. Um, somebody put me on a speaker stand at a conference, which was work tech. Uh, so technology in the workspace. And that's where the first clients came on board, which were companies that were doing major changes in the work strategy. So moving from assigned desk to activity-based workspace, for instance, um, that were then interested in actually measuring the impact of the productivity and effectiveness of their people and their spaces. So what year did you get your first customers paying for the software, the software tool? So that would have been in 18. 2018. Okay. And do you remember, do you, before we get more of your backstory, it just sort of teases us a little bit. Do you remember what revenue was back in 2018, your first year selling the software? First year was about 70,000. Okay, yep. And probably in the hundreds last year. And right now, because we've done a major shift toward helping organizations with the workplace strategy, both the work from home and new office environments, uh, we see that going up to probably a run rate of close to a million by the second half of this year. And what run rate are you at right now? So we're, now we're looking at, we're transitioning in the phase from project-based to um, SaaS. So we don't have the monthly subscriptions yet, but we anticipate that signing those and the first ones of those in the next, uh, by the end of the first quarter. How much revenue did you do total in December? Oh, in December, no. For the whole year, it was about 100. So yeah, we're, not on a, we're not on subscription base yet. Uh, okay, so when I asked you earlier when you sold your first software, you said 2018. If you weren't selling subscription software back in 2018, what were you selling? Project-based. Okay, so, so before and after, it wasn't software you were selling then. It was a, it was project management. Um, no, it was it was all algorithms that we used with their data. So it was more of a before and after, and the insights and analytics that came out of that uh, recommendations were done by the consultants and the company itself. I see. Okay, and so um, help me understand today a little bit more about the team before we dive into your product and the problems you're trying to solve. How many engineers are on the team? So we have about six right now, um, and we're prepare, preparing everything for the next big data sets that'll be coming somewhere toward the end of the first quarter that we'll be looking at, which we'll also use to build the dashboards, which ultimately will, be, will become the SaaS platform. And Peter, what's the total team size today? Six. Six plus myself. Okay. Oh, so they're all engineers. All the while there's one, one, one big business person. Um, who also has a lot of management experience with the in the technical environment and build of these types of organizations. He'll transition more into a chief operating officer. Okay, so um, yeah, so you can't have a six total team size and then six engineers and then one extra. That would be seven total. So like, what's seven the total? total? Okay, seven total, a- including you. Yes, including me. Okay, so so that means five of them are engineers, and then you have a, this COO guy and then you. Correct. I see. Okay. And, and so give us more of the backstory here. What sort of got you into this space? So what, after business school, which I did in the United States, I landed at Honeywell's European head office and then went to a Swiss company, which is now part of Siemens in Switzerland in global roles, because I speak a bunch of languages. I was launching products globally, uh, global account management, these types of things. And if I fast forward to five years ago with the inception of, of Collabagence, 
was really the idea that I saw companies that were looking to do one of three things or all three at the same time. One was to change the culture and the way they work with each other. So they needed to have a better understanding of how they work with each other and they wanted to become more collaborative. They were changing their workplace strategy and office utilization and shifting from the assigned desk environment to the activity-based workspace model. And also with the goal of becoming more productive and collaborative. And then they were busy implementing a lot of technology tools, which were also enablers to improve collaboration. And Mm -hmm. my comment was that they were spending millions of dollars on each of these initiatives and had no ability to establish a baseline and no ability to measure any actual impact or change in the behavior. So we don't profess to measure productivity. What we can show you is changes in effectiveness and productivity, which is a proxy for a change in productivity. How can you not measure productivity, but be able to measure change in productivity? It feels like you have to have both. Traditionally came out of the industrial revolution where they were looking at how many widgets can we produce? And in a knowledge-based environment, productivity is a very difficult thing to measure and other than the financial results of a company overall. So really, if you want to if you want to do it, and we're having some early discussions with some clients that want to start looking at tying change in this measure to um, performance management. So what does that mean though? This, this all, these all feel like big, fancy sort of Harvard business review book sort of words to me versus practical, real things actually happening in dev shops and dev teams. Well, the practical thing. So one of the things that we did is the first client was a major bank who was shifting thousands of people from traditional office environments to activity-based workspace. And they were creating spaces with 500 people and they wanted to see who should actually share the space with each other with the view of that it would improve the collaborative collaborative performance. So what we then did is we pulled data sets after, after 100, you know, typically they say at least 100 days in the new space and the new environment before you measure again. What were some of those data pieces? Pardon? What were some of those data pieces? Be specific. So... If you look at the data sets, we will pull data from everything from email to messaging to web conferencing to documents. And we use that. We have algorithms that actually look at the strength of a relationship between people, which is not based on just on volume, but also reciprocity. So with that, we can start looking at measuring the strength between two people, but also between two teams and between collective within a team. So if you had a group of 500 people, what we actually saw was an increase of well over 30% of that measure that we had. So there was a significant benefit of them sharing the space with each other. And this is one of the things that now we're looking to do is with some organizations is to actually look to see what has happened to the collective strength of these organizations as they've shifted to working from home. But what if you're measuring the wrong thing? I mean, why would email velocity or number of documents shared be a direct correlation to productivity? I hate email and I hate documents and I hate Google Drive and organizing documents. Why would that correlate to productivity? Well, what we're not we're not measuring the volume of it. We're also saying what I was saying is the reciprocity, which has to do with the strength of the relationship between two individuals. And anybody can have uh, what's the metric, Peter? What's the reciprocity? Like this is these are things that are not like what's the measurement you're using to measure reciprocity? Well, we look at the at the at the two way traffic. So if I send you a lot and you send me nothing, then it's nothing at the end of the relationship. But if we both send each other a lot, it's high reciprocity. High reciprocity. That's what I'm saying. I don't correlate someone I email a bunch to high reciprocity. Usually people I email the most are the ones I have the most problems with. So so that's what I'm saying is what if you're measuring the wrong thing? That's the real question here. So 
so with the psychologist, what we've understood is if you've been a bullying type of relationship, we're not looking at a, it's a relationship that would spike. So there's a high volume for a short period of time, and then there's silence for a long period of time. And these are all things that we can pull out on the data also. I just don't agree that the pattern of a spike and then nothing equates to bullying. No, it, it, could, it could be an example of bullying. Interesting. Okay. What about, so how have you funded this thing? I mean, six engineers are not cheap. Have you bootstrapped or raised? We've bootstrapped. Okay. We anticipate doing a raise uh, by the middle of the year after we've signed the next three or four clients. How much are you hoping to raise and what what will you spend it on to drive growth? So it would be probably million to million and a half. And it would be primarily for uh, the expansion of the build and the functionality. Mm -hmm. There's some interesting aspects like we have a partnership with a Wi-Fi tracking company and we need to build the functionality to be able to integrate the feed of their data so that we end up, that we're able to create what we call the multidimensional personas. So Got it. how do people move around space and use the space and what's their output? Mm-hmm. And how many customers are you working with today? Or maybe the right question is over 2019, how many total customers paid you at least a dollar? Oh, it would just be the one big bank that we've been working with. Okay, so got we're it. Now in discussion in advanced discussions with five major organizations, four of which are in the United States. Mm-hmm. Bank, a major investment bank. And so you generated basically a couple hundred thousand dollars of essentially consulting revenue in 2019 from one major banking customer. Correct. Interesting. Okay. Um, got it. When you'd go out and try and raise 1.5 to 2 million or 1 to 1.5, what valuation would you try and raise at? So that would be in between five to seven mm-hmm. million. And I mean, people are going to push you on that. You're basically pre-revenue right now. Why are you worth five to seven million bucks? Well, that's the assumption that the contracts that we would be signing would all be quarter of a million to five hundred thousand dollars each. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so what if you don't sign those contracts? Is it how much runway do you continue have? Continue bootstrapping. <laughs> well, you can't. I assume you can't pay seven people full time on two hundred thousand dollars of total annual revenue. Correct. So, who's putting in the money when there's a gap? You. No, at this point in time, we're not paying them. So how do you get talented engineers? How do you, I mean, the core of your thing is you're measuring and it's an engineering product. How do you argue with someone and say, we have quality engineering when you're not paying your engineers? Well, we can put the people in front of them and they can talk to them and they can kick their shins, right? But why would a talented engineer be working for you for free, especially six oh, of them? So, so we're tying them from an equity perspective. Absolutely. So all six engineers have equity. Correct. I see. I see. Very cool. Very good. All right. Let's wrap up here, Peter, with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? I go, I, it kind of dates me. Prala <laughs> um, and Hamel, competing for the future. That's number an old two, one. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Oh, I'm following. Interesting. We're on a blank right now. That's okay. We can say none. Number three, what's yep. your favorite online tool for building a business? Building a business. Building your business, the tool you use the most. Oh, at this point in time, I'd certainly be using web conferencing the most. <laughs> Number th- uh, four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Anywhere in between six and seven. And situation, married, single kiddos? Kiddos, divorced. Okay. And how many kids? Three. Three kids. And how old are you? I am 61. 61. Last question. What's something you wish you knew when you were 20, Peter? Pardon? What's something you wish you knew when you were 20? Ooh. 
I, I knew more information. Right now, I'm still learning more than I ever have. Guys, there you have it. We've got uh, a Peter launched Collaborations back uh, five years ago, eventually pivoted uh, to more of a consulting model, did about 70,000 bucks in 2018 in revenue, a couple hundred thousand in 2019, now really pivoting to SaaS with the six people on his engineering team, helping right now one big bank really measure productivity across their base, especially their employee base working in person together. Is it more productive or not? Hoping to onboard a couple other quarter million dollar to half million dollar contracts before going out and raising a $1.5 million ish round at a five to $7 million valuation in Q2 and Q3 here in 2021. We're rooting for you. Peter, thanks for taking us to the top. Okay. Thank you.